man, he got some good news for you. Hey, everybody, gather near. The doctor's in the house, so lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know. All right, ladies and gentlemen. The doctor is in the house. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, thank you for being here. It's been some trying times, especially here in the Southwest Florida with this hurricane, but we are have electricity and have internet and are ready to rock and roll. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you are the CEO of your own body. You must take in charge. You must take charge. You must be in charge. Because as I've been saying for the past few months, modern medicine is in deep trouble. We are not winning the big wars on cancer, on heart disease, or diabetes, or obesity, or any of the big wars. But we're spending a lot of money on them. We're spending a ton of money on medical care, which is not health care. Now, we do have all the technology, the high energy, the high tech, the emergency medicine, all great. And they produce miracles and save lives, especially in times like we've just experienced here in Southwest Florida. But our chronic illnesses are exploding. They, they have exploded over the term of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Anywhere now between 60 and 80% of the population has some form of chronic disease. And all we're doing is throwing money at it. Our doctors, our nurses are getting burned out in the system they have to work in, which basically is they have to assess your problem, prescribe your medication, enter it into a database with a laptop, tablet, or whatever, and then move on to the next patient. And they are limited because the technology-driven treatments are standardized. Diagnosis X requires treatment Y. If you request a certain blood test and it doesn't fit in with the diagnosis in your chart, it's denied. Doctors are the third leading cause of death. A joint report from the uh, Council OECD World Health Organization and World Bank states today inaccurate diagnoses, medication errors, inappropriate or unnecessary treatment, inadequate or unsafe clinical facilities or practices or providers who lack adequate training and expertise prevail in all countries. Of course, you know, it's it's sad to say it's worse in the low, the low and middle income countries. But we have to keep our population healthy because that is our real wealth.
and we have to be able to continue to pay and not be forced not to get treatment because we cannot afford for the medication or the treatment and because they're so complex. Big technology companies, big pharmaceutical companies, and big money have a lot to say in, in healthcare, huh? It's a business. As the cancer industry, it's a business. So do we really want to have a system that favors the rich and famous? I don't think so. I don't think we want to do that. So I've been talking about natural health care, naturopathy, getting back to our basics and not rely on petroleum-based Rockefeller medicine. Because it's really sad, isn't it? How many people have chronic diseases? There's probably a pandemic of its own. A billion people worldwide suffer from chronic diseases. One billion with a B. Nagging shoulder pain, skin always itchy, some form of eczema, chronic indigestion, diarrhea, sensitive bladder, high blood pressure, you name it. People have it every day. So what's going on? Why aren't we curing these people? Are we living happier? Are we living healthier? Are we happy, healthy, horny, and high? 80% of adults over 65 have at least one chronic condition. Now, that's, now we're not talking serious, life-threatening conditions, late stage of, of any disease. We're talking about those early symptoms. They creep up on us. They don't bother us, but they're there and we complain about them. Low-grade symptoms, low-grade, and they become chronic. So we do nothing about it. We take an Advil. We take a Tylenol. We procrastinate. We hope it's going to get better. And at some point, our quality of life goes down because we're dealing with all this. It's, it is said that 80% of adults are dealing with one or more chronic conditions. It's 80%. High blood pressure, diabetes, even loneliness. That's a so, it's like in social isolation, especially now during the uh, COVID thing. How about addictions and drug use? Violence and abuse. I mean, we could, they're, they're, they're all chronic things that people are dealing with every day. So maybe we need a war on chronic conditions, huh? Just like, you know, those of us that are old enough remember when President Nixon declared a war on cancer, 1971. I saw a number that blew my mind, or as Dr. Jerry Smith would say, blew my circuits. A hundred plus billion dollars have spent 
been spent on cancer research. The wars didn't work out too good, did they? Who benefited from who benefited from all that money? Could there be a better way? Well, I think it is, and part of what what I'm trying to get to you now is, you know, please turn off that Wi-Fi at night, limit those that that exposure to that energy, because I keep telling you that our energy is our body is an energy field. The hundred trillion plus cells in our body are powered by this electrical energy. Let's let's take note of that. Let's remember that. They've even measured a, a, a person in good health at 70, 70 to 100 millivolts. But aging, stress, poor diet, which we'll talk about in a second, any environment can reduce this voltage. And they know that when your voltage drops in the 30 to 50 millivolt range, you start suffering from chronic illnesses and cancer. Cancer people have the lowest millivolts. And think about this. How many people in your lifetime have had heart cancer? I've been a, a physician for over 57 years. I don't remember any in my, in my, my career. Could it be possible that it's because the heart is positively charged? And in fact, it's the most positively charged organ in your body. Give it a thought as we talk and keep talking about energy. Okay. And not talking about medical care, but quantum spontaneous healing that occurs with energy treatments. When we're going to, we're going to, we will continue to talk about switching from disease care to health potential. Prevention. Taking pills isn't the answer. That's only the Band-Aid. We're going to talk about your bioterrain, your body, and and how it works, and how we integrate all of this. So we have to choose our habits, huh? So look, let's just talk a little bit about processed foods. Okay, because that, that affects our body, wouldn't you say? Oh my gosh. I just erased it. But we'll get it back. Sorry about that. Wow, how did I do that, ladies and gentlemen? But I think I know where it was. I found an article about processed foods, and it was really interesting. So I thought I'd bring it to you today. But I guess this is not the one. Anyway, let's let's just talk about processed foods. You know, we've always talked about, and I've always talked about it, even when I was in active practice, you know, do your food shopping around the outside of the, the market. Okay, as you start going up and down the aisles, that's when everything starts to get more, more and more processed. And our food advertisers are focused on not what is in the foods, but what is not in it, like gluten and cholesterol. So we need a system that ignores those type of details and 
and focuses only on the degree of food has been processed. Because the, the world is shifting away from traditional diets to a ready-to-eat fast food, fast life, fast burial, huh? It has to be convenient. And I, I would say the world, every place that I've traveled before this, the COVID thing, everybody's uh, drinking the Coke out of bottles and the plastic and the estrogen-laden plastics. It is crazy. So we have to eat more, more foods that are less processed. We have to eat more seeds, fruits, leaves, stems, etc. We have to re-educate ourselves. We have to eat foods that have no added substances, such as added sugar, added, added salt, added oils, or added fats. The only reason that these, these ingredients are added is to extend shelf life and allow longer storage. Now, like if antioxidants are added, they may sometimes be added to preserve freshness. I could go along with that. But as we keep going up the food groups, we get more and more things added to them. And it's not good. So when you have a whole list of ingredients on the label, the more ingredients, the less good it is for you. So what do researchers call ultra processed food and drinks? Well, they are industrial formulations that typically, typically contain five or more ingredients. That was hard to say, wasn't it? Typically contain five or more ingredients like sugars, oils, fats, salt, antioxidants, stabilizers, preservatives. Additives who imitate sensory qualities of foods or to disguise undesirable sens sensory qualities. How about that? And the main purpose of adding all of these ingredients is to create ready-to-eat products that replace less processed foods. They come in sophisticated packaging, highly profitable. Now from 2018, the British Medical Journal reported a positive association between the consumption of ultra processed foods and cancer. Is this part of the Nixon's big war on cancer? I, I don't think anybody has talked about that. Ultra processed foods, according to this article, associated with a higher overall cancer risk. And those of us of a certain age, and we've seen how much diets have shifted dramatically toward these processed foods. And you know what? We really don't know, though we see the association, we really don't know exactly 
what's what's what is causing this increased association with cancer could it be the vitamin deprivation in the food we're eating dead food i think so low energy food acidic food because the more acid we are the more prone we are to disease Maybe the processing itself leads to the formation of chemicals which can cause cancer. The hydrocarbons, the polycyclic hydrocarbons. The food packaging itself could have cancer chemicals leaching into the food during storage. So there's a there 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 is some logic to to support the article that ultra-processed, eating ultra-processed foods lead to cancer and increased risk of cancer. And they're high in calories usually. So ultra-processed foods, I mean, we had, that's, if anything, you know, you, along with your electromagnetic fields, your Wi-Fi, watch how much mass-produced packaging products you eat, the breads, the buns, the snacks, the fish nuggets. I mean, you could go on and on. You can look it up. And now, and we also have to be conscious that food labeling can really fool us. Something that's labeled as natural, organic, GMO-free, low-fat, cholesterol and gluten-free, are, are they really healthy choi choices? Because none of them, none of those ca those categories measure the degree of processing that that food underwent. And there's little evidence that I could find that shows eating this type of label food lowers your cancer risk. In other words, the claims on the package may not be relevant predictors of long-term health. So something else that you can take, you can uh, have control over. And how about how many people are having macular degeneration? Well, I, there's a, a story I just read in Townsend. It said that macular degeneration was a rarity Worldwide, from 1851. By 1975, acute macular degeneration had risen to epidemic proportions in the United States and UK, but not in Japan. How about that? Then what had what changed? The Japanese diet became increasingly westernized as their consumption of processed food increased, so has the incidence of what? Macular degeneration. A 2007 study showed that 10% of Japanese residents age 50 and older had macular degeneration. <coughs> Excuse me. But the islands of Samoa, the Salmon Islands, which have maintained their traditional diets, did not. They continue with their low ingestion of processed foods. 
So do you need another reason? Cancer, macular degeneration. Even the Associated Press says our medical system is failing. You believe that? I couldn't believe it when I saw that. <laughs> Part of this AP article was a poll showed that an overwhelming majority of Americans, nearly eight in 10, say they are at least moderately concerned about access to quality health care when they need it. Well, gosh, the guys that are in, in working out there, they're under a lot of stress. They're employed. Most of them are employed. And they have to see so many patients or clients per hour. So Dr. Jerry says, you know, you have to get to the splinter, take the splinter out. Other people say, you know, our medical care is like mopping the floor. Well, you clean it up and then since you didn't get to the cause of it, a dripping uh, refrigerator or whatever, it comes back and you get the mop out. We're not really solving problems. We're not getting to the cause of the problem. How many doctors now know your family, know your genealogy, know your children, are empathetic about your, your, your condition and your challenges and your money troubles? How many of them are there to help you in a personal way, not just by writing prescriptions for you or ordering tests for you? I would say the physicians in my era were a lot happier because we knew we were helping people. And I think the patients we treated uh, appreciated what we did for them and the care we provided for them. Then big business came along. More technology, more computers, more diagnostics, more treatment, more medication delivery systems. Big medicine, big tech, big pharma, big investments. And how about what they do in the media? How many drug advertisements do you see? So it's no longer the doctor-patient relationship of old. It's the 15-minute doctor appointment. Like the ultra-processed food, huh? The computer tells the, the modern doctor what they need to prescribe. And I'm afraid it's becoming just a numbers game. And maybe we have to go back to that fee-for-service model. And we'll talk about that at another time. Because medicine is really failing in any way you, that they measure it. We spend the most in the United States, and we rank down the bottom of developed countries in outcome. Why? Well, we have options, right? We can agree. Maybe do nothing. 
but we could be proactive and think outside the box and develop a new paradigm, a new way of treating people. Maybe going back to basics will not be such a bad idea, like the naturopaths. We have to look at incentives, huh? I don't want to get into all this today, but we have to be more people-centered. So just briefly, what, what do we talk about today? Well, again, I want to emphasize not to use your cell phone so much, not up to your ear. Use either an air uh, tube hearing uh, device. Distance is your friend. Hold that phone away from you as far as possible. I know the I know it's really neat to have these things on your wrist, these Apple watches and all, but you know how many of the people that wear these Apple watches have AFib? Think about it. A lot of AFib, more than I've ever seen in my career. So we have to digitally detox. And you'll you'll see a heck of a difference. The people in my village, uh, when our internet was out, were sleeping beautifully. But boy, how do you get away from all the digital? Well, think about what it can do. It can reduce your stress by unplugging, maybe engaging in some self-care activities. And maybe you'll have more time. You know, we all think that the internet saves us time, but we, I think we, a lot of us spend more time uh, reading emails and junk. Our jobs, right? All depend on this computer. But much of our screen time goes above and beyond that, beyond what is required. So identify what is important. How much technology is useful? What amount is enjoyable and what amount is detrimental? Make a decision. What do you want to do? The blue light emitted from our devices suppress what? Melatonin. You know that. You've heard it on this program for years. Use blue light blocking glasses. Better yet, shut off the blue light. Do you think people will talk to each other we, uh, and we'll have better relationships when you start detoxing from digital devices? There's some restaurants, when you walk in, they want you to put your phone in, in a uh, container with a sign. Try talking to each other. And, you know, there's a, it's beginning to show that a lot of these uh, electronic devices impact our psychology. Get, getting false images of our friends' lives. You know, they actually have actually named it FOMO, fear of missing out. Because it can make people feel anxious, isolated, and excluded from what they see their friends doing. Wouldn't it be nice if we can just get together with our friends face-to-face? -face? 
And if you're always with this phone in your pocket or your hand, or and, God, and I still see women carrying it next to their breasts, you don't have to do it all at once. Do it, do it a little at a time. Maybe you should just look and see how much technology technology you use every day. How much time do you really spend on these devices? What apps cause you to feel anxious or upset? Do you is that which is that what they're there for? Maybe you need to get get to the apps that bring you some enjoyment. Does it decrease what you should be doing, your responsibilities? So there's things you can do. I mean, I I could tell you, but you could look. You, you, it's all common sense. Just set some time limits. Set some boundaries. Plug your phone charger out of sight. Get rid of those problematic apps. Disconnect at bedtime. Turn off notifications. Guys, you hear that thing beep, beep, beep. You want to go to your phone. So if you turn off the notifications, that'll get rid of that urge to go uh, check it out when you hear the, the sound. Maybe just turn on the notifications that may require your attention, like text from family members. Silence the rest. And gosh, if you do gain time, just relish that time. Relish that extra free time with, with social interactions. I'm not saying get rid of all this digital. We need it. But let's have a balance. So someone wrote this list up. They said, if you're going to detox... Make a coffee date with a friend with that extra time. Go for a walk. Try a new sport. Visit a relative. Play a board game. Read a book. Listen to music, etc. So there's things you can do with this free time. So that's it for this week. Uh, I will be in Pennsylvania for a while uh, helping someone out. And if I have time, I will get together another podcast uh, during the, during the, the next week. In the meantime, just start taking care of yourself. You're important. Let's detox from the poisons, the ultra-processed food, the, the digital. Remember that we are an electrical being. Remember that just to think about a heart not getting cancer. You know, it's positively charged, lots of energy in the heart. And we want to have lots of energy. And we want to break away from watching the mainstream media with their constant gaslighting of us get a life as my father would say okay have a great day and let's have freddie take us home hey everybody the rhymes finished for the day i hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say if it's all about good health he's the man you got to see he has a lot more answers for you so tune in next week when the doctor is in the house when the doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the
the doctor know what's bothering you I'm sure he can tell you just what to do The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house See you next week